<laughs> Welcome everybody to the Books by Adrian author platform. I started recording this in the middle of it because, uh, you know, our boys here, we were talking in the green room and we were laughing. So like, let's just go ahead and get started. Uh, I'm your host, Adrian. These are my guests. We have uh, Adam uh, Stevenson here and we have Richard Holiday here. And uh, we're just going to pick up right where we left off from Livestream Sunday. Gentlemen, uh, let's let's talk a little bit about Livestream Sunday because it went well. Oh no, Bethany's book. <laughs> The books are committing suicide here. Oh no. My guy, you gotta get those book stands. Like, you can't just like. Uh, I've just relying on the will of God to help them yeah, out. Just, just hold them up. Just hold them up. <laughs> Lord, hold them up. Just just hold them up, Lord. Oh, dear me. Yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> live stream Sunday went well, I thought. The uh, the chat was lively. Everything was, mm-hmm. was, yeah. was going good. It was fun. Uh, how'd it go for you guys? I loved yeah. it. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, I, I, I didn't get the chance to see it, so I'm going to see it now. Thank you for all the birthday wishes that I got in the oh, chat and stuff like that. Um, a, a thousand monkeys with a thousand typewriters could not convey the emotion and happiness that that made me feel. So thank Adam, you. Adam, I wish you had many, many more birthdays. Thank you. Thank you. But you are getting on, so it might not be that many more. Yeah, I know. We should probably stop counting at this point, I think. <laughs> Uh, then I don't get a 40th, man. I can invite all my writer friends over for my 40th. Like, who would you you're gonna get it's really so sweet that you candles, think you're going to make it to 40. You're going to have so many <laughs> candles on that cake, Adam. You're going to be like, you light a candle, you can like spontaneously combust. Yeah. A humongous yeah. explosion. <laughs> um... um. <laughs> <laughs> We were uh, we were talking uh, before um, in the green room. Adam asked me if <laughs> if John Cena did the voice to the music in, at the beginning. Do your impersonation, Adam. Do your impersonation. Yeah, do your impersonation now uh, in front of everybody. Go ahead. Check the mic and make sure it sounds right, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I've been practicing that for weeks for when I came on the show. <laughs> I've j- I drive to it every time it comes on. I wait for it. Like, yeah. It's pretty good. I know. <laughs> I use that same song on the uh, on the trailers for live stream. That's like mm. the song for live stream Sunday. So I like mm. use that. It's like the official soundtrack to live stream Sunday. Yeah, yeah. And I had and I was using it on on the outros, but I, I used a different one this week on the outro. I'm just playing around with it, seeing how it feels. I, I kind of like it. So we got about halfway through our outline during live stream sunday so we got uh, a little bit of uh, stuff to mine from here um what are some of your favorite novels and what have you learned from them that you apply to your writing uh let's go with adam first right okay um well i have jad Dream of electric sheep by philip k dick which is my favorite novel um that um, it's one of my favourites. Uh, the others are uh, I Am Legend. Um, I, f- I forget the writer's name. Please forgive me on that one. Richard Medicine. Richard Medicine was a great... Uh, thinking of the yeah, time Richard that... Richard Madison. Madison. Something like that. Think, think of the brand yeah. of sausages. Madison sausages. Yeah. Um, great book, especially when you consider that book came out in like, what was it, like 49? That must have been mind blowing in 1949, man. That must yeah. have been insane for stuff like that. You know, gets lost in in the shuffle sometimes. Yeah, you don't you um, don't think about that. Like what the impact that it had at the time. At the time, yeah. Um, Slaughterhouse Five by Kurt Vonnegut was amazing. 
I'd never seen a book where you've got such a, a unreliable narrator to the mm. fact where you're like that, is this a weird acid dream he's having or is this legit, man? Like, you know. And another one that, that you you love, Adrian, is um I don't know if you can see it. Uh, it's it's the kids. The Killing Joke. The Killing Joke is a damn good one. Oh, it was a damn good one because I know that you've done the. Um, is it the Long Halloween you had on your? Yeah, I've got it around yeah. here somewhere. Yeah. Um, I, I don't have it with me, but also, you, I mean, Watchmen is even if you're not into comic have, books, Watchmen I have that here is, too. Yeah, um, the Long Halloween Watchmen, yeah. um, the Sandman series is, is never had basically. Of, to be um, oh my God, it's it's incredible. Um, I mean, it won. What what's the uh, the uh, I think it won the Mark Twain Award mm. um, mm -hmm. for a cup for like two different issues. And afterwards, they had they they like changed the rules that comic books couldn't win that award anymore. Um, after Neil Gaiman won it like twice, <laughs> and uh, it's the Salmon is this incredible saga about Dream. It personifies Dream into a character. And uh, and he, you know, uh, uh, rules over the realms of dreams, and 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 it's all about like how he maintains order to it, and and how it erupts into chaos, and how he interacts with the other godlike beings of the universe, and his siblings, which all make up like the endless. So you have dream, you have destiny, death, destruction, uh, despair, delight, who becomes delirium and desire and uh each of them is just the personification of this human uh characteristic this thing that makes us human personified into a god it's incredible st storytelling there's there's a, an issue where he shows us what's going on behind the scenes in uh in shakespeare's a midsummer night's dream like he shows you that the god of dreams essentially made a deal with Shakespeare to like feed him all these great ideas, but there was a price to it, and it was that he had to do, do two specific plays for him, and one oh, of them was wow. Midsummer Night's Dream. That's Dream. why it's so weird. That's why that, yeah. it doesn't fit with any of Shakespeare's other work because it was part of of a debt that he owed to Dream. It's like this crazy. Uh, that sounds crazy amazing. Story. That it's sounds amazing. You gotta read it. You gotta read it. The the whole series is incredible. And it's getting a Netflix series, I believe. It is, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and they also did um, like not audiobooks, but like like radio play, like you know what right. I mean? Yeah, I yeah, what that's called uh, a yeah. drum audio dramatization. Audio which dramatization. I, I hear it's very good. Yeah, yeah. It, it has um, uh, the guy, the kid that played the kid, the man who plays uh, Professor X in the newer X Men movies. What's um, his name? James uh, Eastman, James, in the woods. James James McAvoy. James McAvoy, exactly. Yeah, yeah he, he's yeah. he's uh, like spearheading the cast in the uh, in the audio. He's good. Play. It's really good. He's, he's a good he's actor. Really good. Yeah, he's yeah. fantastic. He's, he's an incredible actor. Uh, all right, all right. Um, so, uh, Richard, Ooh, how about you? We're talking about my favorite novels. So, my favorite authors. I think there's a couple that come to mind. Um, the first one for me is James Herbert, who is like the British. Stephen King and he writes in this really kind of like visceral, guttural, unliteral kind of prose style that I really dig because it just goes straight to the plot and it's just kind of really, oh it sounds like I've just been punched. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's fine. Um, and he just writes in this very sort of, you know, shoot from the hip 
guttural, um, gutsy prose, and I just love it. And you can just read those words, and it, you can feel everything that's going on, which is really good. And I think the second one of my kind of author crushes is Michael Crichton of the Jurassic Park fame. That's what my answer. A oh, what a fantastic book. I could read that cover to cover, start to finish, over and over again. It's just a fantastic, and the way he puts like the sort of science, it's so believable, but it doesn't condescend to you. It's mm -hmm. very accessible and yeah, fantastic, fantastic books. You know, one of my one of my favorites. Yeah, Michael Crichton is definitely one that I bring up a lot when people ask me uh, writers that that I've learned from because uh, in my in my you know youth in in my teen years especially I went through a real hardcore Michael Crichton phase where I read everything that he put out like everything. And, um, and oddly enough, a lot of his books I found are actually quite hard to get. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, like now maybe back then they were everywhere. He was he was at yeah, the height of his fame. Of, I'm, I'm trying to sort of slowly build up my collection. I've got my, I've got um, Jurassic Park. I've got The Lost World, which is another fantastic. Book. I like The Lost World better than That's Jurassic Park. I really love rereading The Lost World. There's something about, and I know that it's this I weird thing that only exists because they made him write it, but oh my God, it's so good. It really works. And he's got the other one, the other two I've read of his, uh, Timeline. Timeline. Really uh, that was really, that's a Timeline's not one of my favorites though. It's not bad, but and I think one of my favorites, apart from Jurassic Park, is Airframe, about the, um, no, the air which sounds kind of quite mundane and pedestrian but it's a real thriller mm -hmm. and, and, and that's know, that's one of the lessons that i take away from him is the way that he puts a thriller into anything i mean disclosure is a thriller mm -hmm. about a legal case you know about harassment and this is kind of like what that's, I that's the plot is like somebody gets accused of sexual harassment and it's a yeah. thriller you know and this is kind of what I want to do in my own writing. I kind of want to kind of turn the, the I, I used the phrase, I like to turn the mundane into the macabre, you know, take mm -hmm. things we might see all the time in um, in our sort of normal lives and make them kind of creepy, scary, thought-provoking. I mean, to take an example from my own work in Nightmare Tenant, my novella that I released in March that everyone should read, please buy it. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure if you read this, you will never look at a shower hose the same. I have you know what I mean? <laughs> I have it, are you, yeah. are, you, are, you, are you terrified every time you don't have a shower? I'm not, well, I'm not going to, this is, this is going to sound crazy. The, <laughs> I, I read, I read it twice before I, I, I done my review. So I read it twice. And thank you. I, I um, you're welcome. No, thank you. And I, I cleaned my bathroom um, <laughs> a day or so later. And then I was, I was in the bathroom doing something and the shower hose actually fell. And I screamed like a schoolgirl because of how it fell, because of how long it is. I actually, like, I could see it at the corner of my eye and I actually thought it was coming to get me for a split second. Um, but I can't I, wait I, I to read this and find that. out what you guys are talking about. And yeah. I don't want you to explain it because I really do oh, want I'm to read it now. Like that, that sounds really freaking interesting. It is. It is. <laughs> are, you, are you a fast reader, Adrian? How, how do you how I'm do you a read? very slow reader. I'm a very it's slow reader. And I, and, I, and I probably reread things over and over again sometimes right. okay. to like, like really retain them. It's, it's just a, an attention thing with me. Um, 
but you've got to you kind know, of just sit down and kind of buckle down that's how i read as well i can't be reading with music going on all no, no, I, no i have to kind of sit down and dedicate time to it yeah mm. the world has to kind of be asleep for me to read like i can't exactly. i can't read you know, when my kids are awake and running around the house like, I have to leave the world to one side and be like okay it's quiet yeah. time i'm reading i need to kind of focus right now i'm yeah. reading um kent sean's forbidden i'm doing an arc review it's going to be the first episode Ooh. of chronicles when it returns after live stream sunday so um i'm i'm deep into that right now and uh, he's gonna send me the other ones, but I'm, I'm starting with Forbidden. I hadn't been actually read Blindspot yet, so it's gonna oh, be. Yeah. Blindspot. That's no, gonna be no. That's gonna be interesting. Yeah, yeah well, like I at read... first, I I wanted to to dedicate time to it first and then dive in. But I, I'm, number one, I'm pressed for time, and number two, I'm like, I kind of want to know what it's like to to do that. Dive I've never in. done that before. Like dive mm. into a, a second in a series and see just see how it goes. Yeah. And maybe mm. when you read um, Blindspot, a lot of your questions that you might have might be answered because yeah, remember yeah. one of the first books I read I was eight my nan bought me um, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets because mm. we couldn't get the first one because it was just in the sort of castle it's 1998 shows my age um, just at the cusp of the kind of like Harry Potter craze and I got the mm. second book and started with that and then I, then, I, then I managed to read the first book and then yeah answered a lot of questions but now I've actually become quite a sort of voracious kind of I've got to read books in order doesn't matter if they're kind of like standalone books. Mm. I mean, the only kind of exception to that, I think, is like the Lee Child books. I quite like them. Those are really good that you can just pick them up in any particular order and just kind of... Like the, 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 Jack, the Jack Reacher books. Oh, I love those. Yeah. They're really good. They're really you, good. You, they? the way That's a different kind of is, series, though, right? Yeah, Where like it, exactly. each book is its own it's thing. It's not... Yeah, you know, it's like the James Bond books and stuff Yeah, like but it's, it, it's technically not. There is... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm up. Very loose thread, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think there's, uh, is it three or four books that have a, and I mean, it's a very um, loose, loose yeah, thread. It does come, um, they actually made the second movie as the end of the thread of the, the kind of three books. Yeah. It's called Never Go Back. Hmm. That's and a that good book. That, that's it was a good book. book. Um, but you're right, you can almost just pick them up. The James Bond I... have very. I think the later James Bond books have a kind of thread after what's the name of it? You only live twice. Yeah. So I think those. I think just whatever the, the one is. And, called and that. I feel like the early ones, like even though they were very isolated in the adventure, mm. I feel like they they were very focused on the early part, especially Casino Royale. So like that, mm. there's a kind of an order to to that as well. Yeah. I mean, the phrase I kind of use for like the Jack Leach books is they are a literary packet of crisps. You kind of pick one up, open it. Yeah, it's, you know, you, it's you a You pretty snack. much know the experience you're going to get. Mm. You finish yeah. it, you put it down, you think that's fine, then you have the next one, whatever. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're yes. like literary snacks. It's See, good. with... And and in a way, I would put Michael Crichton in that same kind of thing mm -hmm. for like for more serious readers, like so, you know, more like genre readers rather is what, is what mm -hmm. I meant. The um, you know sci-fi readers and stuff that just kind of need like something that's like going to be fun and thrilling like and exciting. Book. Like the what? I call it like a detox book. So, so yeah, it's like I did. I just did an arc for Chris Kenny for his second book. And to kind of detox from that arc, it was a really good book he's written, so he's really well done. I went and read uh, Angels and Demons by Dan Brown. I have to say it's one of my favourite books of what the book. year. What a book, man, yeah. What a book. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's totally it's off one. the wall and bonkers, but mm -hmm. you mm. can suspend your disbelief just enough time for the plot to kind of carry through. And I thought it was great. I'm, and I, I'm not afraid to say, 
I think his books are actually pretty good. I mean, yeah, they might be really oh, yeah. clunky prose. No, they're you're right. It's great, they're great thrillers. They're great the thrillers. The point is that clunky. I think it, it, it does the job. And, and enjoyable reads. And not to keep bringing it back to Michael Crichton, but he keeps applying <laughs> to it. But Dan, Dan Brown, Dan Brown does something uh, very similar to Michael Crichton, which is is the the biggest like lesson that I take from Michael Crichton is his world building is very kind of different. Where he doesn't have to create an entire new fantastical universe like his his stories for the most part take place in what we would consider the real world or a place in the real in world. pocket of the real world but he'll choose a location that's special and he makes that the world of the story does it really and, well and he builds that that section of the world just so well whether it's the island uh you know for jurassic park or it's you know the the corporate offices and and legal uh uh uh, rooms of uh, of disclosure, or even or like the th- fictional aircraft company in, in air freight, the underwater habitat in Sphere. Mm-hmm. Like one of my exactly. favorites is Sphere because it's such a trippy book, and and you know that's that's another one, right? Like he creates that world and, and make makes the world building contained in that area so specific that's that really it, well. it becomes like that thriller. You know, it's it's. Awesome. It's really tall and that. claustrophobic. It's really contained. It's really good. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I try to to kind of learn from him and bring to my stuff from him is Definitely. is this idea of like making the location special in some way the, so that it becomes the whole world. You know. That's why I picked the tower block in Nightmare Tenant because I thought this is a, a self contained place to hold all of the story. Tower block is a really you know it, it instantly brings images of the raid. Ah, mm. oh, mm. oh, dude, Richard, if you haven't seen it, because I didn't see a reaction on your face, the raid is <laughs> is incredible. The raid oh, redemption yeah. is the one that's that's yeah. called in in the uh, the English dub. But oh. man, w- what a movie! And, and it all movie. takes place in one, you know, tenant building. I have to look yeah. that up now. <laughs> oh, you you love it, dude. If you like action movies and, and like kung fu stuff, it's outstanding. <laughs> oh, it's, it's outstanding. not as it's outstanding. Yeah. You yeah. can't go wrong with a bit of that, can you? Yeah, and then like immediately like send me an email afterwards like about how much it blew your mind because there's some kills in that movie where you're just like, <sighs> oh yeah, you know, like yeah. <laughs> they're, they're good. And 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 Adrian, when you read Nightmare Tenant, you gotta send me an email. It's like, <sighs> I'm gonna do that. You know, I'm gonna do that. I'm I'm looking forward to reading Nightmare Tenant because I love like haunted house kind of stuff and the idea of it being like this tenement building or whatever. Like, dude, like I, I'm in like this creepy place sounds awesome and uh and 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 you know it's one of those things where like the 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 location of your story if 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 that's the thing that makes your story special you know what i mean if that's like the draw then making it something really you know uh uh, unique like that or not necessarily unique but taking a a, a, an everyday thing like a tenement building and turning it into something unique like that just Mm -hmm. sounds like right up my alley man that sounds good thank you uh, let's see here. So, along the way, who have been your biggest like advocates and supporters, and in, in your in your works and your readings and all that? Rachel Tolliday. <laughs> oh, thank you for introducing me, Adam. <laughs> um, yes, for, for those, but just so you know, for those listening on Spotify, or whatever, this is Adam Stevenson. This is not Gerard Butler. <laughs> uh, I get told that I sound like Jared Butler if I've had a drink. So th- th- this is Adam Stevenson. This is not 
Jalen Butler, and, and we are not Sparta, okay? <laughs> but we are, though. <laughs> but we are, though. Uh, no, Richard, um, you know, without Richard, my, my blog would not have... I don't want to use the word taken off. That sounds as if I'm, you know, something. You wouldn't have got some steam for it. But, yeah, like, you know, Richard read my blog when it first came out on Medium, mm-hmm. and then he told me that it was good, which he did. Good but on. you did tell me that for the amount of... Um, Content I was bringing out because it's new and fankled uh, that you did think I was going to run into problems, which I did, and you told me to, to move to, to WordPress, and then you did take the time to show me how WordPress worked, made sure my, my links were working, and things like that, and, and basically just general chat. So you've you've you know so you've <laughs> you've you. been there, man. So thank you I'm for that. To, I'm glad that I've been able to be like a positive um, influence in that regard. Hmm. Um. Who else? You know, Bethany, or oh, you know, Bethany. or, or, is, or yeah. is I like to call her Penny Lane from um, Almost Famous because she just reminds me of that scene in Almost Famous where I'm I'm sitting on that bus with people like Kent and Richard and Martin and you know all these really good writers and I'm like, what am I doing here? And I'm like that. <laughs> I'm like, I need to go home, and she's like, you are home, and I'm like, oh, okay. So I she has such a sort of calming influence, doesn't she? Yeah. She did, and I, when I first met her, Soothing. I didn't even know she was the person that made the Discord. It was just someone who I kept mean, talking to me and put me on the complaint for a bit. When I met her, I just knew her as Ken's editor. I was a little bit like, we've well, got to be on the on the best behaviour here, but we've she, she's a, she's a chill, chill penguin, shall we say? She's fantastic, man. I'm trying to remember how it was that I first encountered her because I'm sure it was around the same circles and, and time as discovering Ken Sean and those other guys. I, I feel like I feel like I know that Danny Ranger was the first person to kind of reach out to me and 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 he's connect. a good guy. Yeah, and and we you know struck up a, a friendship pretty quickly, and, I, and that's probably like how I got to Bethany is is through that circle. Mm. But I really don't remember. Like she just feels like she's always been around. Like she just. She's always, she's always been, always been, been a good here. president, hasn't she? Yeah. She's one of the yeah. people. I mean, yeah. if I had to say my biggest advocate and supporter, it'd have to be the man, the myth, the legend that is Chris Kenny, because um, he's always very supportive and he's always, you know, very, very sort of championing me when I kind of think I don't deserve it. Because, um, you know, we went to school together and then over the last sort of few years, we've become really kind of close, talking about writing and stuff. Yo, is your house haunted? What is happening? <laughs> You're well, haunted, dude. That was the ghost. That's it. Don't go in the bathroom. Keep away Bro, from the show. that was the ghost. Oh my I'm god. I'm so scared. I'm just going to stop sleeping in this room. <laughs> but yeah, no. We really kind of like bonded over the last couple of years about the writing. And we are very much on the same sort of wavelength. You know, I'm sure his books have thrown themselves at him as well. Um, but yeah, no. He's, he's been a, a great... Uh, sort of, you know, support, critique partner, and yeah. You know, I'm just, I'm just watching your books now, man. Like I, I can't same, even hear. I'm, I'm, I'm literally I'm just sort of sit like this, <laughs> use this chair as like a shield from these yeah, falling yeah, books. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Ritual, yeah. we should we should also mention the other members of the Brit Pack as well. Oh, the Brit Pack. Mm. Colin Clark. Colin, Colin Clark. Colin he was Clark. another one of the first yeah. people to. Martin Martin Lejeune. Martin Lejeune, oh, he is, yeah. he is he, um, he's a character of himself, is Martin, he's, he, he is a goose. He is, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's something that I really love about the, the whole AuthorTube community, is, is so many like interesting characters among us, man. 
don't know how I got here then. I say that in, yeah, I, I say that, in, you know, in, in a good way. Like, like There are lots of as, very as complimentary interesting... As, as possibly as I could possibly mean it. Lots of interesting, diverse kind of little schools of yeah. thought is nice. And, and very welcoming. Uh, I got into uh, in real, I hate to use the word in real life, but in person, <laughs> we'll call it in person because we That's are better. real. Yeah, in person. Um, I, I, when I was starting... I've stopped and started my rating journey a good few times um, and I got into a writing community for a little while um, in person which I liked until it came for me to share some of my work and people took major umbrage with two poems that I wrote uh, one, I think I was 23 at the time and I remember I wrote a poem about being 20 um, so I gave them that poem and people took umbrage because of a line in it um, and I'd done another poem where almost all the lyrics were Iron Maiden songs <laughs> like so all, 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 the, all the bits were Iron Maiden songs and when I revealed that to them someone got so angry that they went nope I've had enough got up and stormed out of the restaurant that we were in that um, is very bad and I was, and and I just who are these people? Like, do you know what? I don't, I don't know. Um, so I just that that left a bad taste in my mouth. Um, but to go from there to here, to, to yeah. our loving community where yeah. um, people are actively wanting me in things. Like I remember, for example, not to bring it up again, but you reached out, Adrian. You were talking about you were looking for people. And I was like, I've never done a live stream and you uh, or, or a live interview, and you went. I, yeah, I you were trying to talk me out of inviting. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you were just like, "What was your line again?" And I was like, that, "Nah, I don't think I'd be very good." And you said a line like, "Well, you'll never get anywhere thinking like that." And then you booked me in for for what was the twenty eighth, my, my my birthday. And since then, I think Richard reached out, going, "Do you want to do this?" So I did. You don't see like, you, haven't you? Don't always call I've, I've been on Collins. I've been on Colin Clark's YouTube. Every Friday, apart from that Friday there, because I was out celebrating on my birthday, I've been on almost every week in some way on OfferTube for at least the past like month, two months. There you go. I've not even published anything. I'm a you blogger. Can, neither, neither am I. That's, <laughs> you know, that, I know. I love okay, it. Okay, here's the thing, man. Like, okay, like Ken Sean is going to be the first one to tell you that you're not going to find readers on YouTube. That's not what it's for, and I yeah. completely agree. But, yeah. but you know he and i are still both on here you know there's there's value to being on here there's networking there's there's a community full yeah. of supportive people there's very educated people on here that can help you you know figure things out along the way one you know i was talking to him uh, uh not on a on a show we were just talking the other day and and he uh you know, he he lamented that he's surprised at how many people out there are writing stuff and and when he talks to them about like the fundamental elements of writing they don't know what he's talking about and mm -hmm. and he finds it very surprising that so few of them are are even looking into the intricacies of of writing mm -hmm. and and I, I i hear him man like i, I mm -hmm. mean like that we all start somewhere though and and mm -hmm. we're it, those people are just starting out and they don't know what they don't know. And that's the biggest thing, right? Is you don't know everything that you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so following on from that, I, I studied creative writing at university and I got a degree in it. And I've probably learned more about sort of craft and story and things like that in the last 18 months of being part of the community on Discord, uh, talking to people, coming on YouTube, all that sort of thing. I probably learned more from that kind of community than I did in three years 
uh, being an official kind of scholar of creative writing. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's a really cool credit to this community and yeah. a bit of a kind of a bit of a kind of a diss to my course in a way, but no, it's what it is, isn't it? Mm. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, man, like there's you, everybody you meet knows something that you don't know. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and there's there's something to learn from everybody. So like, for I think us that's to, a real positive to attitude together this way. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And for us to all band together on on this one platform and and you know spend time together talking about what we do and how we do it and and how best to do it and all that stuff. Yeah. Like, mm. it's only going to make you better as long as you're still doing the writing and as long as you're applying the things that you are learning. Don't waste time like getting caught in rabbit holes on YouTube and not get any writing done. Like you gotta you gotta still do the writing. You if you're not writing, you're not a writer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you're a writer, you gotta write. Um, yeah, for sure. But man, like that's that's the thing is like I'm not published, I don't have a book out, but I'm I'm working on it and I'm in a stage where I've never been before. Like I've never been this far along in the stage of a thing like creating a thing and putting it out there like i'm yeah. publishing this book and it's sequels so being on 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 youtube and, and on instagram especially on instagram i reach like my my audience is like twice the size of, of my youtube audience on instagram instagram's so like, good fun isn't it and i and i, and I yeah. say that's kind of like a surprising perspective yeah, I was just thinking. I don't have an Instagram. Um, yeah. I need am to get probably... a username. I hit you. Else. I hit you up the other day. I was like, "Do you not you have an Instagram?" I'm yeah. Um, and Barrett has messy. I think Barrett's wanting me to commune with him, and he's going to really help me. I'm not a fan of Twitter because um, I Very wise. <laughs> there was someone on Twitter that there was someone who in person was the nicest, sweetest to me ever. Uh, and you know, started to maybe catch one or two feelings if one does. Sure. And then a friend of mine found the person's Twitter, and they were like tweeting about me while I'm talking to them, saying some really derogatory things. That's really bad. This actually kind of yeah, go on, Adam. Yeah, no, it was, and that has just made me not want to touch Twitter. I right. don't blame because I had this sort of similar experience at university. I was in a sort of like a feedback group. And there would be one, I remember there was a friend of mine, her name was Rosie, I probably shouldn't be saying the name, but hey, who cares at this point. Anyway, she was reading her story and literally there was this person who we knew had a lot, a penchant, a penchant for Twitter, shall we say. Okay. They were literally saying one thing to her in the feedback of it and, and bad mouthing her piece on Twitter. And I just thought, you know what, that's real bad form. That's oh, just... oh yeah I well it's a coward with... it's the act of yeah. a coward you know putting up a, a, a false front and i think if you've got something to say about you know, someone's word you say it to their face you've yeah. got to say it to their face because yeah. you know you got you know be a man if you're gonna be a dick like be a dick in person like and i can yeah. confirm that guy was a dick yeah it sounds it man yeah of course he was yeah i did i just thought what a weasel just and the detrimental so, effects that like on that, that person. And, and not being funny, he was saying all this stuff about this this girl's piece of writing, and they were purportedly supposed to be friends. So heaven heaven knows what he said about people. And, and something, yeah, and something that she, you know, she probably put a lot of work into it and a lot of her. Yeah, it was a real quite, quite a personal piece. Yeah. But what a dick! Fuck that guy. No. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> um. This, you know what? That's interesting. Let's talk about that. Who's who? Because we're on the subject. Who's your biggest like doubter that you can't oh. wait to prove wrong by by living large? <laughs> that's oh. that, wow. 
that's a loaded it's a loaded it's a loaded who's your hater who's the everybody's got a hater for me adrian okay so what i'm going to do is you don't have to name their actual name you can disguise their name it's fine i'm going to put it in ascending order Right. First off, um, I've got multiples. Did you say living well? Right. Okay, Adrian. To me, living well is not the best revenge. Complete annihilation of your enemy is is, is the best revenge. If you're at war. No, just in general, bro. Just in general. But anyway, anyway. Wait a minute. I'm going to pull myself away from the right wing for a moment. No, Um, I'd probably say that I'm I'm my biggest doubter. I very oh, rarely. We're gonna get I know. Deep. I know. I very, I very rarely bet on myself. Um, I mean, when I do, and I don't do it often. When I do, I bet big, but I don't usually bet on myself. However, I have been part of this community for how long, Richard? Over a year now. Yeah. It must be over a year, right? And when I've been putting my stuff into Flash, it has and whatever else. I've never got terrible feedback ever. So I'm like, right, only, okay. you are your, you are kind of like the one you're not your own biggest critic. I think we're all kind of Yeah, to an extent. Great. To an extent. Um, and that's have, good. Um, it's healthy yeah, to be your own biggest is, critic. You know, it's um, it's you know, but it's it's also good to uh to 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 kind of talk yourself up a little bit too, you know, and be mm. your biggest uh, cheerleader. Yeah, no, yeah, of course, of course. One of the best advice I ever got was you've got to be the best Adam Stevenson in the world because if you don't believe you are, no one else will. Yeah, exactly. You got to give yourself value if you want other people to value you. This is true. This is true. Number two would be my a primary school teacher of mine, Mrs. Burns, who told me that I would never amount to anything. I what hear so many stories of teachers saying this to children. Yeah. What? Who are these people, and why are they teaching? She now that I'm an adult. I've okay, never had a now, teacher now that, say something yeah, like that to me. Now that I'm an adult, and because of the time period it was, I can cut her a bit of slack because I was like dyslexic and had other issues, and I do think maybe she was not equipped to teach yeah. me. Okay, now that may be giving her a pass, but nobody tells a child that. What? You, you know, know I, an awful thing to say. It is an awful thing to say, mm-hmm. and and but it also occurs to me that I I lied just now. I do remember a teacher who said something really shitty to me once. I was in, but I, you know, I was I was in like a community college, what we call it here, community college. So mm-hmm. okay, uh, it was my first year. I was eight. I was eighteen. I was fresh out of high school, and it's my first year. And I mean, I'm taking some you know algebra class that I have to take because I didn't do very well on my placement test. But it's all stuff that I knew I just like I just fucked up on the test. So I don't take good tests. So I'm in this class and I know everything that he's teaching. Right. So he gives assignments. He, he tells us, you know, what to do. And I do the assignment and I'm always the first one done. And I kind of just turn in my work and I leave. I'm, I'm always the first one to leave every every one of his classes. And I guess he was taking that to be very disrespectful yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he took it in the wrong vein man yeah so it's funny because like he he gave he gives us like a half hour to do a thing i do it in 10 minutes i turn in my paper and i'm like all right deuces and i'm out and, and on this particular day as the door is closing behind me i just hear him say to the rest of the class i fucking hate that kid <laughs> and it's and i heard and i stopped and i was just like <gasps> Did he really just? And the door closed, and I was like, "I'm not coming to this class anymore." And I just left. I stopped coming in the class. I, I must say, I love your self control. I, I love your self control. If that oh, was me wow. I mean, at 18, I, I would have busted back open that door and been like, "What did you just say?" See, 
<laughs> number one, number one, I didn't know how to fight back then. Like if if yeah. somebody was really talking like serious trash and wanted to fight, I would have gotten my ass kicked. So I I wasn't the the confrontational type back then. Yeah. Nowadays, because I do know how to uh, uh, defend myself, I I suffer no fools these days. So these like days, yeah. even working in hospitality. Even being behind a desk where I'm supposed to smile and treat everybody, you know, with with respect. And I, know, I, like do, I want you to die. No, I'm saying like if if they come up and they, you know, and they cross that line where like now Ooh. they're just straight out disrespecting me and treating me like garbage. I just don't take that anymore. And if I have to come around the counter, I'll come around the counter because like yeah, I boy. I know I'm good. And every single one, anybody who gets in your face when you're behind a counter and they're on the other side, that's a coward. That if that counter wasn't there, would not be doing never. What yeah, they would never do that. And so once you come around that counter, it's over. They're, they're, they shrivel up and they run. So it's one of those things where like, I don't, I don't, I don't, nah, that I don't play that game. No, no, man, that's it. You know I, I mean, mean, yeah. My answer to that question is kind of school related. So I was thinking about this, and one of my favorite quotes is, um, "The best revenge is massive success," and that's by Frank Sinatra. It's a good quote to live by. If there's anybody who knows what he's talking about. He knows what he's talking about. Um, so basically, uh, I had a university lecturer, and his name was James Miller. I'm not afraid to name him because I don't give a shit. Okay. I gave. I ran out of shits to give a long time ago. Anyway. Where are all my shits? He was like the epitome during my university of the a proper literature crowd. You know, the looking down your nose at the genre fiction and it's all rubbish and mm. but he really kind of epitomized the sort of worst kind of like snobby sneery attitude and uh, i remember when i was studying at university he set one of his books as the set technically did a lecture on setting it was a post-apocalyptic book and it was a not bad book but the trouble is first of all he kind of made a big point of saying oh it's a modern retelling of heart of doves and i'm thinking just call it a bloody genre fiction book and be happy about that but you could tell he had delusions of grandeur anyway um you know didn't want to be just a genre fiction writer i'm, I'm above that i'm just thinking oh, fuck off oh sorry am i allowed to swear That's uh, absolutely we have been swearing like what are you I've talking been about been wrong, yeah. <laughs> we've been I, swearing I a lot <laughs> i just wonder the attitude of this guy and um, mm. someone said to him um, or oh, because he was talking about sort of setting and all that sort of stuff, this post-apocalypse book. Someone said, have you played the Fallout video games, which are obviously very well known for oh, their, being a pop um, yeah. Oh, wonderful. And he just sort of, you know, got on and <clears throat> I don't play video games. And it's that kind of real negativity and mm. kind of like, you know, I just think that kind of negativity just doesn't do the community any favours. No. It just gets people's backs up and kind of sort of, you know, it creates that unnecessary dividing line that I think exists between the sort of genre fiction and the literary fiction. So I just kind of really want to do well in my unashamedly genre writing, just to say, you know what, James Miller, you're a fucking twat. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean... And I'm not funny. I, I don't want to be negative I'm, myself in saying it's a driving factor for me, but I just kind of want to prove... Yeah, I'll come, I want to prove it wrong. Well, well, that's why that's why I posed that's why I posed the question in the first place. Because number one, we all have those people in our lives that are just yeah. sources of negativity, and it's one of those things where it's like, how do you like deal with these people and keep them out of your space and like, and then and then if you're not, if you're not going to punch them in the face, then how are you going to get your revenge on this person? And if, if it's, I'm going to prove him su- wrong, yeah, succeeding at doing what they and and it's one of the reasons that um that I'm writing. My my book the way that i am there's you know every 
accomplished author tells every new writer the same thing about their first novel. Don't make it a part of a series. Don't write a giant epic. Don't write with multiple point of view characters. Keep it simple. Keep it a one and done story, whatever it is. It's your first book. Just get it out there like that. And I'm like, mine is the first in a trilogy and I have multiple point of view characters and I have 500,000 words. Yeah, it's a it's a giant epic, 150,000 words. And, um, and, and I'm genre bending. Like I'm not sticking to any one Ooh. genre. And it's one of those things where like you're not supposed to do any of those things for your first book and i'm like yeah but i'm gonna do it because i can't it's, it's one of those things where like that's what i like to read that's what i like to write that's what i'm gonna write and 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 in my opinion genre is is set dressing it's it's mm -hmm. mood it's lighting it's it's theme but it's the background the, the to the heart, actual story. The actual story mm -hmm. is your characters. And whether mm -hmm. your character is a is a real life person or it's an alien from Karnak 7, it's still a, a, a living thing with emotions and, and and choices and consequences. And that's where your story is. You this know, is it's what in I your think character. this guy I encountered didn't get. He just thought it was, no, it was yeah, proper that's a dumb It's got to be, you know, really a hand wringing. It's got to be really deep and meaningful. And genre is just um sort of you know um bread and circuses one know. of my one of my best uh, one of my favorite examples of, of 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 how genre just doesn't matter you know people are are in love with the a song of ice and fire books and mm -hmm. game of thrones became the biggest show of all time when it was mm -hmm. at its height it's a fantasy, right? And everybody was like, I can't believe that a fantasy is at the, you know, these exactly. heights. And so many people are into fantasy. And I'm like, yeah, but the fantasy is the set dressing. The first mm. season or the first season. It's a book, political thriller. Not only that, it's a murder mystery. Who killed John Aaron? It all begins yeah. with who killed John Aaron. And you don't even get that answer until book it's four. It's a political thriller. It's yeah. a murder mystery. It's. It, it's yeah, even it's historical fiction just takes place in a, a make-believe place and that's but, that's the kind of stuff that i love man is when you have mm. this world that's so big and so vast that you can tell all kinds of different stories one of my characters is a bounty hunter who uh is trying to keep his honor code intact uh against all odds uh another character is the detective hunting down a serial killer so that's a whole other genre the, the another character is this hippie witch character who's discovering the powers that she has within her and that's a very fantastical magical kind of story mm -hmm. there's another character who's a side character in book one that becomes bigger as she goes along who brings a cyberpunk you know like uh, uh androids and cyborgs kind of thing to the story like i'm playing with in all of those worlds and it's going to be interesting to see how those it's all, all mesh together. Yeah, yeah we'll pick it. You guys haven't read my chapters. That's right. i got to send you guys chapters. you got to yeah, send your chapters. Come on. Do the send, I'll send do you guys. I like, I like to send everybody the, what I call the first act of the book. It's the first six chapters, mm -hmm. and it just kind of sets everything up. It takes you up to the point where, like, the first big, like, turn happens where, oh, that's the kind of story we're reading. That's, I, I'm kind of into Send it, it over. I'd love to read it. Will do you guys will have them in your email tonight and that's actually a really good uh point because we're, we're getting to the uh to the end of our episode here uh richard you have two books out right now my dude um not only is one of them free so everybody go sign up for the uh newsletter but uh but the other one is insanely cheap so why don't you go ahead and give us the elevator pitches for each of those two books um, that's a very good way. question. I'm going to have to think about the, um, the elevator pitch for Nightmare 10 and that's going to be a bit of a... 
So what can we say? We have a is a modern kind of chilling twist on the um, haunted house saga. It sort of takes place in a hastily refurbished tower block. Um, some of the old residents haven't left and new families are moving in and things begin to de degenerate and it leaves um, you know, a normal man and his family have to kind of escape um, and confront this nightmare tenant um, who's kind of, you know, been at the top, not liking what's happening to the building, you know, he has his own ideas of the perfection, he thinks he should be left alone. So it's a big clash between the past and the future and it all comes to a head. So yeah. Give it a read. If you sign up to my newsletter at richardholiday.co.uk, you can get the creepy 70s set thriller prequel called Foundations straight to your inbox. Do you find out the kind of origin story of how it all began? All right. All right, all right. All right, and, all right. Um, so Foundations is the prequel. Which is a great name, by the way, for a, for a, a story about a, a haunted uh, building. Um, have you watched The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix? It's been on my list for a little while. I know it's a book as well, isn't it? It is a book as well, yes. Um, I have not read the book. I've only seen the show. But I consider that show a, a masterpiece of the genre. It's an incredible piece of storytelling. And, and I, I think the one... Haunted House story is, is just like a really ripe kind of thing to be innovated with. Yeah. And um, we all think we know, but there's always like a new twist you can add to it. So I've kind of gone... It, in the case modern. of Haunting of Hill House, they kind of come at it from the angle of mental illness and family mm -hmm. trauma. Like every, every character that has been touched by this house has been affected by it throughout the rest of their life. And so you're kind of getting like the after effects of yeah. the haunted house. You know what I mean? It's just I mean, in Nightmare Tenant, you kind of, you kind of get to meet uh, the good and the bad of society and they all kind of are forced to intermingle together to defeat this greater evil that begins kind of feeding off all this negative energy. So it does become a sort of a real, I think definitely the third act becomes like a disaster movie in a way, which is really nice. front of our mm. That's fun too, when the genre away. kind yeah. of changes at some point in the story. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, now we're here. Went, yeah. Yeah. Adam, uh, what yeah. kind of, uh, of uh, release date do you have an idea <laughs> of in, in your mind? Like, even if it's a vague... You mean for you mean for Kathy's song? Yes, sir. Um, I, I'm not going to lie, I don't... What I would really like to do, though, because... I'm trying to get one blog done a month up until February next year. And then at that point, um, I've got some other ideas for blogs, but I think I do need to concentrate a bit more on Kathy's song. I do have a, I call it a, a zero draft. Um, and the zero draft is really bad. It'll be things like they fall out. He says something romantic. She leaves on a Sounds plane. Sounds like an outline. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> although I, I do have some chapters where it's a lot more than that. You know what I mean? Like a lot more. So I'm looking through the ones where I've got a lot more. They're, they're almost look like chapters. I would love to have that. I, 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 I def, something will have went completely awry if I do not have a first draft of it finished by the summer of next year at the latest. Mm. Um, but looking, looking it. at look, looking at my friends, looking at you know people like Hannah and and, and Richard and, and things who, you know, these are people I, I talk to on a semi daily basis who have got books out. So I mean, I, I would really love to be having this conversation with you again 
um, about this time next year and have a date in place. Oh, but yeah, I will man. need to ask Richard and some other people because I'm just going to use Hannah's book here. I want a physical book as well as digital. A lot of my family do have Whoa, Kindle. We do have but I do want Whoa. a physical copy of my book, but I, I, I don't know how much that would cost. I don't these are things that I, I don't know. At the same time, yeah. I've got this series that I want to do for my blog called Adam B. Writes that just keeps coming, um, which is where I take films that I have enjoyed, varying degrees, and then I change them to make them sort of better, in my opinion. Nice. And the first one I've got is, do you remember the Jennifer Lawrence, Chris Pratt vehicle, uh, Passengers? Right? Yes. <laughs> a I have content. a feeling I already know where you're going to go with it, but what would you well, change to, to fix what that I would movie? Change I is, know what now, I would change. Right, well, a lot of people would change a lot of different things, but I'm going by what the trailer gave me and my personal opinion on love, okay? Big controversy about that film is what happens. Mm -hmm. So I think he's been alone for, is it a year? I think, by the time that event happens. The one, I don't want to give away spoilers to a film that's that old. Okay, what happens if you make it five years? Hmm. What happens if he's read nothing but her work for like three and a half years? And I would change that, and I would also change... I, I would change some other things. I would change... I'd have, you know, I'll just talk about it. Like the reveal that, that one of them can go back to sleep. I would have that happen way earlier. So I would have that. You need to have two of the characters believed in a position of power. So he knows that she can go back to sleep, but I've got something else that she knows about those two characters as well. Mm. Because do I want to believe that they can fall in love? Definitely. You know what I mean? But I think it needs to be longer. A year alone isn't that bad, really. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest. Hey, we almost did it. Let's be honest. COVID yeah. and stuff. Five yeah. years? Five years. Oh, See, here's what I would change. Look at that again. <laughs> here's what I would change in that movie. Okay. Rather than beginning the movie with him waking ah, up and spending all that theory. time alone, yeah. you start with her. You yeah. start with him waking her up. You don't know that he's woken her up. You just know that mm. she's awake and there's only one other person awake on the ship. Awake and you ship. slowly reveal that over time. Now, over time. I have that reveal that would have been so much more powerful if the audience if didn't the audience know. Did. Um, and it well, would have changed the, uh, the entire movie. The entire it's movie. A, it would have mm. turned into a horror movie because all of a sudden she's with somebody she can't trust. She can't trust. Um, but my, my change is I actually go back further. So it actually starts because mm -hmm. Andy Garcia is in that movie. Oh, for yeah. that one scene. Right? So I thought, so why don't we start with him? And he's talking to, because it's about colonization, and he's talking to the shrink. And the shrink's like, I've got this problem. And he's like, ah, will you be able to fix it? And she's like, yeah, I've got time. So the reveal is... The Jennifer Lawrence character finds out that they've got a matchmaking system when they go to, and those are the those are the only two of everybody that are mm. actually compatible for one another. Mm. So she knows that at right, but doesn't tell him. But he then knows that she can go back to sleep. So when you get to the kind of finale part, they've both realised they've got kind of something to lose, and then they realise that. Do you know what I mean? Like they end up coming yeah. to it at a different angle, so it becomes less creepy and less sort of, and more of a more of a true romance in a way. More of a true romance, and in the trailer, there is a part that they cut where Chris Pratt says to her, "I think the ship woke us up." Mm. So I would leave it ambiguous: of did he wake her up, or did the ship know? You know what? That's better. This, I mean, <laughs> the he, ambiguity he's, he's, is better. He's got this amount of skill. But he needs this, or else we're not going to be able to fix this. So it's almost like the ship knew 
he, he, they need, they need, uh, you know, like and it, it. it deals with that, um, which I think is easier than just, and I don't want to get political, but villainizing a man for. We, we have to, we have to wrap up soon. But no I like this idea of of you revisiting, you know, other mm. films that that you mm. liked or wanted to see better. And yeah, I, I, I have a plan that I never. So bug in here. I had oh. a, I have a plan <laughs> for um, two different uh, sort of fan fictions uh so to speak where uh i wanted to revisit two shows that i loved at first and then over time they fell apart on me okay. we spoke about one on live stream sunday it was dexter yeah, dexter yep and uh and the other one for me was heroes mm-hmm. so what i wanted to do was i wanted to take the five seasons of dexter that i wanted to keep the first one through five and i wanted to rewrite the sixth season as the final season like literally scrap everything six through eight mm. and just write a new final season in the sixth that's what doing i want your own ending to it doing my own ending doing to it, it properly and, and, and yeah as as i as i think would be yeah. doing it properly and then the other one was heroes where i wanted to keep all of season one as perfect and pristine as it is and just rewrite everything from season two onward Ooh. um one of the things that that show set out to do and never followed through on was a different cast of characters on a different story an anthology series every season being a completely different show and they didn't do that because once the characters from season one became so popular the network wouldn't let them do that they were like no you got to keep the same cast keep these same characters keep it going and all of those characters had been through an arc in that first season that that brought them to an end yeah and then it was like well where do you take them now and and that's where everything started falling apart so i wanted to go back to what they originally intended and have a new cast of characters but what i wanted to do was justify the absence of all those popular characters from before as them being on these sort of solo adventures in 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 isolation or in exile or whatever depending on the character i had different reasons for why they're sort of off screen we follow new characters, new adventures for like two or three seasons, and then all those first season characters come back come towards back. the end. Yeah. And now they're legendary, you know, heroes, and they have like all these adventures behind them to, to pull from, and, and it would have been a, a much bigger, like climactic, you know, kind of end. But I never pulled the trigger on either one of those things. I just have plans for both of them, and I hope to someday hope do them, but I'm more focused on it. like my own. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah I want, like, I, I thought about maybe doing it as, as a, a newsletter, like flash fiction kind of series like just throw little pieces up yeah Mm. i'll I'll figure it out gentlemen it has been outstanding today it has been so much fun it has been a complete pleasure to have you guys on both of my shows thank you so much for being here for everybody at home thank you for watching thank you for watching the show thank you for listening if you're on apple Podcasts or spotify leave a like comment subscribe all that good stuff reviews on apple podcasts are a big help that's what i need that's where i want you to go and uh come back on sunday for live stream sunday with kent sean it's the finale episode and then we're on hiatus for eight weeks yes so please come it's gonna be awesome a whole hour of kent sean just downloading crazy information into your brain so let's let's freaking do it guys thank you so much thank you very uh, much right on writers